Hello, and welcome to Gays on Film. This podcast is where we, a pair of gays, talk about what we're watching. I am Declan. And I'm Ned. And in this episode, we'll be leaving the world behind <laughs> as we discuss Netflix's recent psychological thriller, Leave the World Behind. Did you come up with that yourself? Didn't you come up with that? Did I? I think I did. You did. Oh, well. Anyway, remember, there will be spoilers once we get to the headline feature, so as always, do proceed with caution. But first, before all that, I'd like to know what you've been watching, King. Um, do you know, honestly, not that much yet. I think. What's the last normal episode we did? Chicken, chicken Run, I think. Yeah. Um, what have we been doing then? Oh, just... I lose track of the days over, like, Christmas, New Year period. And I don't know what's been in the water this January, but I just cannot switch myself on. So I've barely watched anything. But I did watch Emperor's New Groove this week, which um, was one of my, like, Disney video collections when I was growing up. So um, nostalgia factor, obviously. But it was so much fun. I think it's... it's, um, Doing well, not aging badly at all. That was the Disney period, though, where people say Disney lost it a bit. I don't know who's saying this. I think it's because they weren't like the out and out. It wasn't Little Mermaid. Is it just because it wasn't princesses? No, it's just that it wasn't the out and out absolute classics that people still are so pot. Like, I don't, I don't really know, but I, I can understand what they mean. It's not, as I say, Little Mermaid. Lion King, what else? Beauty and the Beast. Like, they've all gone on and done all sorts, like, stage productions. Yeah. Massive in popular culture, whereas they lost it for a bit. Mm, Try and tell me. Give me a gay who was born in the 90s that doesn't often say pull the lever. No, I know, I know. But there's, like, this. I remember there's Dinosaur, Chicken Little. Yeah. Treasure Planet. People were, like... Whilst they were very good, they they were still good films... I think it was a, p- a period where people look back and said Disney World wasn't quite at the best, which I actually think people will look back at the current period that I was we're gonna in say, and say Disney aren't at the best. If people were disappointed then, God help what, them. Disney films moment. haven't you liked recently? You liked them all? What, all of these live action remakes? No, not the live action. I mean the animated ones. Oh, the animated one's good. Yeah. Yeah. You like Strange World and you were very much in the minority with that one. Strange World was good. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And the only other one I've watched is Good Grief, but we're going to do an episode on that, so I will keep stum. Yeah, it's not going to be coming out for another couple of weeks because we are on holiday and we like to give people the chance to watch it. Um, So, yeah. But we did also finish Fellow Travellers last night, which took us forever, which was very me and Ned, an eight-episode TV show to take Honestly, us like, especially was, if they're an hour long episode, that's going to really, really good. It though. was very good. I like how I think we spoke about it before, but yeah, how we saw, um, are we going to do an episode on it? I'd like to maybe do one, yeah, further down the line. Okay. And I'd like to maybe Give one of my of podcasting goals is to try and get more interviews as well yeah. with people involved in some of these, especially mm. the queer kind of. TV and film. Yeah. Um, but I think that's kind of dropped off because we've just been so busy. So busy. Um, okay, fair so, enough. So, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's all I've watched. What about you? But yeah, we'd very much recommend Fellow Travellers. Um, I've watched not that much more. I mean, I've just said it takes us ages to watch telly, although this isn't exactly the same. This is not cinematic television. This is not anything storytelling. This is Amanda Holden and Alan Carr doing up a house in Italy. But oh, it's really fun, Amanda actually. and Alan's Italian job is so much fun. I actually preferred it, I think, way more than the first season as well. I feel like I laughed loads more at this one. I remember finding the other one funny. Maybe it's because we watched it together. Well, I said as well that how we didn't, we can't watch TV quick, but we watched all eight episodes of this in pretty much an evening. Yeah. But that's not the same as... We did have a do nothing day yesterday. No, and the thing is, it's not the same as like fellow travellers. You've got to, you know... You've got to sit and pay attention. You've got to pay attention, whereas this, you can get up and do stuff and arguing or do chores and all that kind of stuff yeah um i also finished the third season of slow horses again which is just phenomenal tv i would literally recommend it to anyone um if i know someone who's watched slow horses i feel like we have like this other connection that <laughs> don't happen you bond over that slow don't. horses yeah yeah and then i also this is doing phenomenally on itv now i went to watch episode one of mr bates versus the post office but it wasn't very clear on iPlay what was the TV show and what was the one-hour documentary. So it turns out I'd watched the one-hour documentary. Um, very harrowing story that I think some people are aware of, but I think it the reason they've done it is they need to get the word out there to everybody. Mm, it's quite the scandal, um, isn't it? It is, and it seems to be all in the news now, and, and the... Victims seem to be taken, seem to be getting taken a lot more seriously since this show as well. Yeah. It was like mentioned on Laura Coonsberg this morning Ooh. as we record on a Sunday. Wow. Um, so I watched the documentary, which is probably what I shouldn't have done. I think I should have probably watched the show and then watched the documentary um, because I feel like I've seen it and know all the story now. So I'm not going to waste four hours on the actual show i don't know if but that's necessary it's not a waste it's not a good yeah, choice of words that doesn't but feel like no a f- i just feel <laughs> like there's summary. so much telly i know the story now yeah maybe you watch the tv show how many episodes and then is we'll it? compare four, four. yeah i'll try till about april yeah i'm sure um, i can manage that but maybe yeah i'll watch it on the plane download it on my phone yeah i could do that Hey, the wonders of technology. Take TV anywhere. We can. Yeah. You can download ITV on the plane. I thought it was on iPlayer. No. Doesn't IT- ITV have the app? It has an app. I just yeah. wasn't sure if you could download it. And now the next question you're going to ask me is what's in the news? Now, I'm not going to do it. Uh, because just No, because we're still... We're recording this on the 7th of January. I don't think a lot of news was happening last year, last week again because everyone wasn't properly back at work and Hollywood wasn't firing on all cylinders. And for to lift the curtain a little bit, audience, we are recording quite a few episodes back to back today. Um, Just so we don't leave you... Um, missing us whilst we're in Mexico. Pining for us while we're on holiday. So there's not much going on, so I thought it wouldn't bother. Fair enough. Well... What a time we've had. <laughs> uh, but now it's time to cast our minds into the future and get excited for what's coming up in the world of TV and film. Um, it's time now for Trailer Trash or Treasure. What have we got this time? 
we have got the first Omen, which is a prequel to the original 76 film, I think. It's one of these. As in 1976. Yeah, it's one of these um, horror films where they're slotting a prequel into the before the first classic. And I think it's... I haven't seen this trailer, but from what I've heard about the film is it there's somebody goes to a church and discovers a conspiracy of some people trying to birth the Antichrist, which is obviously what then happens in ah. the Omen. So I've not seen it, so we're going to leave the link in the show notes. Um, if you'd like to pause it and watch along and then come back, you can, and we'll see you straight after the sparkles. Uh, what do you think? It's very much a teaser trailer. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't give you a whole lot. There's a lot of shots played in reverse. I think quite a lot of the whole, a lot of the trailer is in reverse. Yeah. Um, it. I always like a horror film that's got kind of religious connotation attached to it. Sometimes I get a little bit Catholic horror fatigue. Yeah, I get what you mean. But I do think it looks it looks quite well shot and quite menacing. Yeah. And I think it does a good thing that a trailer should do where, as you say, yeah. it doesn't give too much away. I'll be interested um, to see Bill Nye in a horror role. Yeah. Um, the title, well, no, the main character is Nell Tiger Free, who I saw in M. Night Shyamalan's Servant. She was the main character in that for four or five seasons, however long that lasted. Mm. Um she also played Marcella Baratheon, which I totally didn't clock. Game of but Thrones. she must have been quite a bit younger. Um, but yeah, I, I think it looks fairly promising. Yeah, I mean, had you not told us what the film was before we just watched the trailer, I'm not sure I'd have got any of it from it. But from the trailer, I think it looks like it'll be quite a good film. It could go you know either I mean? of two ways. Like, it could I'm not either sure go that like that the teaser. Exorcist remake. Yeah. Or it could be like what well, one was good. Yeah. Like could come back as fresh as the new Screams. It could go either of two ways. I'm not sure I'd put it in the same bucket as Scream. No, I didn't really. I was just trying to think of a legacy you Put yourself on the spot, out. didn't you? It. That was good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> put yourself on the spot. It. It. Um, out in this country on the 5th of April. Trash or treasure? Uh, treasure for me. Yeah. I think it does what it, a, a trailer should do. Yeah. Um, I think I would agree. It's nothing mind-blowing, but it's not... It's enticed me, piqued my interest. And we're going to see more before it's released, well, aren't exactly. we? So, yeah. Grand. Great stuff. Well, now it's time for this week's headline feature... Leave the world behind, coming up right after this quick break. Leave the world behind. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, have you got a synopsis before we get I have, in? yeah. Yeah. Yep. Go on then. Okay. Amanda is sick of the stresses of city life and books an impromptu weekend away for her, her husband and their two kids. All is beautiful and idyllic until, on the first night, there's a knock at the door. It's a father and daughter claiming this to be their home. Yes. 
Fairly good one. Reasonable. I think that's enough to get you interested without giving away any of the plot. Well, I think what I want to start with at the top here is that this film has been incredibly divisive amongst critics. I think audiences in general quite liked it, but I will preface this with this is not going to be the most glowing of reviews from Ned and I about this (laughs) film. I will just say that. Um, I found the film incredibly frustrating. Um, Actually, let me just say, critics were a bit divided, but it did end up with a 75% Rotten Tomato score. Did it? But its audience score is 34%. So general audiences actually aren't liking it. No. So uh, I must say, I'm. I would probably give it about a thirty-five percent. In fact, no, I think in my star rating, I was ever so slightly more generous than that, but not slightly, not by much. Um, I think for me, and I can't really describe. It, it's going to be quite a difficult one to describe why I didn't like it. I just feel like it was a very. It's a very technically well-made film. But it's very incredibly production. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. Yeah. It, it it's shot well. Like, yeah, it's 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 cut together quite well. And even like the color palette and yeah. the music, like it's all. But the I ar- really like the score. Yeah, all the ideas it tries to do though. It just packed way too much in to the thing. Um, oh, should we just like t- say the conclusion and work back? Because I feel like. If you were, if that's how you would like to. Do Otherwise, it, yeah. I'm just gonna end up doing like piecemeal spoilers that are gonna make no sense. Mm. So we're starting from the end and working backwards, listeners. So if you haven't watched it and you do care about spoilers, probably stop now and watch it first. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it turns out that um, whatever conspiracy people believe about who controls the money in the world is not a million miles from the truth, and this guy who is the father of the daughter who came knocking on the door um is some sort of like financial like wealth manager type person he catches wind that um some of his clients have worked out that the most profitable thing that they could do is incite a military coup in the wealthiest country in the world so uh what we see is the beginnings of that coup um, happening across this weekend that um but Julia that's Roberts still a hypothesis hold. though it's not a hundred percent that it's a coup there it is it's not well what else could it, what else is it the end of the world it's not the end of the world though but that is the fact that they, they kind of come to this conclusion that it's a it's a military coup and forcing America to go in on itself but it's that's not that's not taken as a, a fact either. Well, you have to, you do have to trust that the writing is designed to tell you that stuff. And there's no other reason. Well, I know for a fact from reading. What? About this film. That it's not certain that it's a coup. I mean, then what's the fucking point? Well, I think that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, I think it's quite interesting in times where it's like, if shit goes down and if you think about it. Yeah. We don't have access to phones or TV or we can't watch the news. You will be wondering about what actually is happening. Yeah. So they go through loads of different things about, I don't know, 
it's the Arab an Arab country doing something, it's a microwave weapon, it's all this kind of stuff. But yeah. we don't actually properly know what it is. Because if it was a coup as well, right at the end, Amanda and Ruth, the characters, yeah. see New York City getting bombed. Yeah. Still, that doesn't necessarily say it's a coup. Well, then I don't know what else to say. This is going to be a really short episode. I don't, I don't know why you're <laughs> hung up on that part of it. Well, because that's the only, like, bit of writing that we have anything to go off it doesn't well hint, it says it doesn't and on the wikipedia it says gh who is played by mahershala ali yeah. yeah hypothesizes to clay and archie yeah clay's ethan hawk and archie's the son who's okay. not that the country he hypothesizes that the country is in the midst of a three-stage military coup yeah that will call campaign that will culminate in a coup d'etat Coup d'etat. Coup d'etat, yeah. So, but it's not, it's still a hypothesis. All right. You but seem annoyed. I just, I just <laughs> well, I feel like that's the only thing I've got to go off and now I haven't got anything to go off. So I'm just annoyed that this is even a thing now. I don't get the point in a film that doesn't even have a point to make. The only point, the only genuine point I thought it had to make, which is quite weird for it to be on Netflix, is the importance of importance of physical media. Well, yeah, because there's that through line where the daughter has been watching um, Friends yeah. on DVD. No, streaming. She's been streaming Friends, and then obviously the internet goes down. She can't finish she it. Can't She's got watch two the episodes last episode. or one last yeah. episode. I thought that was quite an interesting through line um, all the way through. And then at the end, she finds a bunker um, where they've got loads of DVD, like almost like a doomsday bunker and they've yeah. got loads of DVDs. But I thought, oh, Netflix showing how important physical media is. Obviously, this film will have gone into development, not necessarily Hang on, knowing. so the, the point of importance of physical media is so that she can watch Friends. No, there's just this through line and message about physical media, about having DVDs and things. Because yeah. when the internet goes down, you can't do it. And I just thought it was interesting that a film that lives on Netflix okay. has that in it. Well, yeah, I get that point. I still don't think it really made much of a case for the importance of physical media if the only thing they managed to achieve in the supposed apocalypse is that she could finish Friends. You know what I mean? Like You seem really like... I'm quite annoyed I'm... at this film, actually, and I have been every time I've tried to speak about it. <laughs> so I do apologise if I get um, my back up about it. I think it's all all style, no substance. Well, I think the performances are good. I always love to see Julie Roberts, Mahershala Ali, mm. Ethan Hawke is good in it. Um, yeah, I think everyone Ruth, did. Ruth, who is played by everyone did Mahala, quite a fine Mahala. job. Um, everyone does fine. It's just the ideas. So throughout this film, we've got we've got the oil tanker crash where you're like, oh, something's going on, right? Mm. You have George and Ruth showing up at the Airbnb. What? It's saying it's their house, but the Airbnb. Yeah. But something about them turning up doesn't feel right. 
it's weird. It's like them turning up brings in all these kind of racial home invasion type things when you think it might go down that route, but turns out it totally doesn't. Let me tell you this before we get too many of these examples. I know where you're going. If, listeners, you are partial to a bit of edging, you're going to love this film because it's <laughs> never-ending, no relief, builds attention, holds it, and then does nothing with it, and then you're just sort of expected to forget it and move on to the next time it starts to build attention, holds it, and does nothing with it. Yeah. Like, there's the, no... You've got the animals There's no climax about stuff. There's loads of... There's loads of, um, like not crescendo but the bit before the crescendo yeah and then there's no climax yeah um i think and then it weirdly goes into a scene where so julie roberts character is a bit kind of jaded it doesn't really trust the world so when gh and ruth's show up she's quite confrontational with them and doesn't really trust them but then the film about two-thirds of the way through does this weird scene where Amanda and GH start dancing down in the basement together and being a bit flirty. And then Ruth and Claire, she starts asking him really inappropriate questions, like, have well, you ever thought about fucking together. me or something? Yeah. And I was like, what is this film doing? And I think I've said it felt like it just put a lot of generic, in, in air quotes, beginning of the world ending scenes together and kind of kept, tried to come up with a film. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. Just like even... Bits like that, like ideas that are kind of, yeah, okay, they were present in the writing room, but they could really have been edited out. Like, um, was it Ethan Hawke at some point said, oh, I'm just a pathetic man, like I'm useless without my GPS um, and Wi-Fi. Like, I don't even need to say that when you've kind of already demonstrated it. We already know that without Wi-Fi and GPS and stuff, it's like one of those we would all fall see apart. See it, don't say it. Yeah, yeah. like... It just seems a silly thing. No one's going to say that. I'm a pathetic man without Wi-Fi. Oh, I'm just yeah. a pathetic man. Well, one of the things I've said about this, so this was directed and written by Sam Esmail. I think it was it was directed quite well, but I think the downsides of it is quite a badly written adaptation slash screenplay. Um, uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. I, this is another thing that annoys me about it as well, is on paper... I like the concept, like I like the ideas, I like the themes it's got going on or it tries to get going on. And then I watched it and I was like, I don't care about that that I think I'm supposed to care about. I've noticed this, that'll probably come up later. Oh look, here it is. Um, And then there were a lot of things that came along and were either implausible or just didn't make sense. Like they were questions that didn't get answered, but not to the point where it left you thinking, just to the point where it left you irritated, or it left me irritated anyway. Well, I think after all that as well, like all the non-fully fleshed out ideas, the fact that the film ends on a cliffhanger as well feels like a fucking slap in the face. Yeah. She turns on the Friends DVD. We don't know if a family find her. Like, I know sometimes you should leave an ending open for interpretation. There is open to interpretation and there's not But if the film, the film had actually done more to and been a bit better with the, some of the ideas that it brought into it, yeah, I probably wouldn't have minded. But it was just like, you go through all... 
I guess what you said there about all these like crescendos up and down thinking it's going to go build to something or it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. And then for it to kind of build at the end and then it just cut. It just keeps you're on. You're just like, oh. It keeps right. on not doing anything until it's finished not doing anything, that it's done nothing. It was a bit long as well for a film like that. Like, yeah, it was two hours and 20 minutes, which I don't mind long films, but I did feel the length. Yeah. With this one. Yeah. Um, and there were a couple of scenes I actually quite liked, so I'll try to be a bit positive here. I did like the oil tanker scene because that was right at the beginning. That was before and we I was frustrated really, with yeah, it. Yeah, and we didn't so really did know well. what was happening. And I thought that's actually quite a good way to introduce the world ending. Like I've it was not quite... seen a menacing like, oh, that's getting closer to us. Yeah. What's good? Like I try and think about what would be going on in your head. If you were on that beach, you'd be like, this is all getting a bit weird. And you'd start to question what's going on. Yeah. And then if the telly went off, like I thought the early stages of it were, were quite interesting. Yeah. I can get on board with that. That's fair. Now, another scene I thought was, this was when I was starting to get frustrated at the film, but I thought this film was quite, I thought this scene was quite original, was the self-driving Teslas all crashing into each other. I did like that film. Yeah. That- that part actually so they are they get a bit fed up the family um so they decide to get out of the rental intending to drive to amanda's sister in new jersey which Mm. is only down well down the road for america but they get to a highway jammed of jammed with cars and then you start noticing oh they're all teslas so it's like and they're all self-driving teslas so they've all been called to that point or something but so then there's a bit of an action scene where they have to Dodge a load of Dodge, they're Teslas. reversing yeah. while there's loads of them coming up the highway. And I, yeah. did, I did think that was quite a good scene. I thought for a modern... Yeah. Like for it, a film it brought where... in something a bit new because that's modern technology. And obviously as these mm. things come into... You know, like when... I always remember what was that for? Us. When Us used... It was either like... Huh, I'll, I don't want to say it in case I trigger them. To play the music in the house where the people got stabbed. Mm-hmm. I like when when I like when tech comes into the world and then a couple of years down the line it's it's used as a bit of a a storytelling device in yeah. the film. Yeah. And I always quite like that and I thought, well that's quite new because no one's used Teslas in this way so far. In yeah, films. no, that was quite a fun. Or self driving cars. That was possibly the only Tesla thing paid. that actually <laughs> happened in this film. I wonder if they were like, Yeah, we'll have product promotion. Crash yeah. a load of our cars, why don't you? Um I also want to comment on the fact who the production company that is behind this. You know? No. Higher ground productions. Give me something else to go on. What else? Barack and Michelle Obama's production company. I didn't know they had one. This is their fourth feature film. Um, yeah. And people were making a bit of a... They were making a bit of a deal. I think in the trailer it said, like, produced by um, these two. So a lot of what they do is is for Netflix. I think they signed a first-look deal with them a while ago. Um, they did another film, which is I've not seen yet, but I really do want to watch Rustin. Is a first-look deal where... It, it's like you, you... You get first refusal. Yeah. We, we make this thing. Do you want it? And if you say no, then... And we'll I think sometimes it works through the way, like Netflix will say, we'd like you to... Uh, develop go into development with this project as right. well. Okay. Um, so I think they were paid an absolute 
small fortune for it as well. But oh, wow. I quite like, I think a lot of what their projects are probably trying to do is comment on society and Well, this planet. is the thing. Like, and it tries to. I do like that kind of comment because it does quite well at demonstrating just how much we rely on connectivity. Mm. Like, not just individually by watching, like, Friends, but how navigation systems are all done and how financial systems are all done online. And just everything is very digital. So it does kind of... It's quite an interesting thought experiment on right if the internet suddenly wasn't on what actually would happen in all of these different frames i think people as well get hung up on digital going down first because it would massively affect things but like uh, what do people say like oh well you know if digital goes down i won't be able to pay for anything i'm like well if the world's ended it doesn't really matter if you can pay for anything anyway it doesn't really matter if you're paying cash or card the world has ended like (laughs) doesn't really matter in this respect i can maybe understand when a a small part of tech goes down and people say well if we hadn't been digital we'd been what's the analog analog we could have still done it like i don't know if an nhs system goes down if they were still analog they could have still operated i understand that but in a world ending situation it Mm. doesn't really matter what goes down because it's all gone down yeah, I mean, it doesn't necessarily matter that you can't use your bank card, but it does matter that the planes drop out of the sky. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because of the navigation and stuff. Or oil tankers run onto beaches. Um, But, yeah. Yeah. So this is where, actually, I think the first time I thought, oh, for fuck's sake, with this film, and then I just kind of kept feeling, oh, Is that for when he sake. survived that plane coming down? Just before that, and then that happened... Um, what's his name? GH. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next morning, after the kind of uncomfortable night, GH goes to his neighbours to see, like, if anything's happening for them. Like, is this just us? Is it starting to really kick off? Um, and his neighbours are not in the house, but everything's a little bit dishevelled. And he's like, oh, what is going on? Walks through, out it's to the back. a bit back, more than dishevelled. <laughs> goes to the beach... And he sees something glinting in the sand and he picks it up and it is a watch face still attached to the watch, which is worn on the arm that is no longer attached to the body that has dropped out of a plane, like has been thrown out of a massive plane crash, which he is surrounded by. And I'm like, no way is the first thing you notice a watch face that's half buried in the sand. Do you not sand. think if you, when if a plane you weren't expecting is... to see a plane and you were just focusing on what you see right in front of you? But everything was right in front of The plane was true. right in yeah, front yeah. of him. Like there was an engine on the beach. Like If yeah. it was like, oh, there's this watch face. Oh, there's another piece of debris here. Oh, I've come round these yeah. trees and I've suddenly found this plane crash. That <laughs> makes sense. But he did not. There was he literally looked at, an there engine was in front of him. literally an engine in front yeah. of him. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, what's happening? And another plane comes down and starts to, to crash. And he runs back into the house. This plane crashes into the water, causes a massive wave. 
which like hits the house just as he closes the door and then it cuts to the next scene. Yeah, doesn't it cut away from him as well? And I was like, why is like, it well, keep what's cutting happening? away from everything? Like, exactly. And he I'm just like, comes back to the rental house. And he's just so... like, oh yeah, sorry, I'm a bit wet. I went for a swim. I know. Yeah. No. And so it lost me from there. And then just things kept not happening. And then things that didn't make sense kept happening as well. Uh, the other one which really irritated me, was when they went to, um, is it Kevin Bacon? Yeah. His house. Yeah. Um, Because the brother, his teeth suddenly start falling out, which is a bit gross. Um, Oh, that, I didn't like. Yeah. I mean. I mean, that's fine. I can put up with it. It's a bit gross. It was a bit gross, yeah. Whatever. His teeth start falling out. They get um, concerned that it's like an infection or something, don't know what's causing it, need to go to this neighbour who everybody knows is a doomsday prepper, um, hoping that he's got some antibiotics or something. I'm like, first off, you don't know that it's an infection that needs antibiotics, so why are you trying to get antibiotics? Seems like a waste of, I don't know, maybe you're panicking. I can get over that. Mm. Then they're having this big standoff with, um, with Kevin Bacon, where he's literally got a shotgun in their face, which is when I think the I'm just a pathetic man without GPS, please can I have some pills for my son, comes out. But then um, Kevin Bacon's explaining his theory behind why everything's going on. And there's this weird noise thing that keeps like, like deafening them. Um, oh yeah yeah that keeps just randomly happening yeah um which again i don't mind if it's unexplained at this point but i would hope to know what it is at some point later on he's like oh yeah so when other things have happened around the world um this noise has been causing weird things to happen with people's bodies um like people lose their hair people lose their teeth blah 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 um so his theory about what's happening to the brother is that these noises are causing his tooth loss And then they have this big standoff with the guns, like, can we just have these pills, though? Even though they've already kind of answered the fact that these pills probably aren't going to stop his teeth falling out. I just don't get the point. Okay. I was reading about the development of this as well, and it said, like, how it wants to delve into the complexities of race, class, and family dynamics, mirroring the chaos of the world, of a world on the brink of collapse. And they also said it was quite interesting that it was in the Hamptons because it's like an extravagant place and it's a bit weird when the characters find it a bit strange that black homeowners arrive at this house because they presume that you've got to be white to own a house like that kind of thing. Right. I get what it was going for. Yeah. But it didn't do it very well. I mean, it touched on it. It was but touches, but it wasn't like... This is like, what I mean. Like, there yeah. are lots of themes in there that could have been like really good to explore, good to develop. I like all of the ideas that were there. I just think to put them all into one film, it's very difficult for that film to not be messy or to do what it's trying to do successfully. And unfortunately for me, the mess just unraveled. I'm interested, I'd like, I mean, I'm not going to, but I would maybe like to read the book to see if the book was better. Because quite a few people have said all the changes that they've made have made it worse. Yeah, I did. Um, I'd, yeah, if somebody I'm got me the book, I'm going to keep an eye on Obama's, because um, yeah. 
Does he include... Have you seen where Obama does this, like, end of year where he posts his favourite books, songs, shows, films that he's watched on no. his Instagram? This was one of his... In his 2021 um, summer reading list. That is he, that... He, he includes lists. Is that, like, a cynical... No, like, I think... Hey, I I've no, just made this film. What, no, why don't you watch it? <laughs> what I genuinely think, probably for him, is if he reads a book he likes and someone's not developing it, he might try and develop it. Ah, so... Cool. Yeah. I think that's pretty much everything. Yeah, other than, like, if we carry on talking here, all I'm just going to do is rant about different scenes, so I might as well stop now. So my star rating for this was two and a half. Mine was two. Would you go any lower sometimes? No. No. It looked nice. It had good ideas in there. The acting was... Everyone did a good job. Um, I liked the score. A couple of good scenes. Just overall... I found it a really frustrating film to watch. So the work was in there and there was some quality stuff there. The end product just did not cut it for me. So that's why it's two, not lower. Cool. Well, now let's unsheath the Gaydar. It's a wonderful piece of machinery devised by Ned's own hand. And we use it to rank all of the films and TV we, we discuss based on their LGBTQ plus appeal. Let's see where the Gaydar ranks leave the world behind. <laughs> I remembered the gaydar today. You did. Okay, so unsurprisingly, kind of bottom half of the table, we are uh, lower than The Little Mermaid. Yeah, <laughs> remake. And higher, ever so slightly, than John Wick 4. But I'm not sure I might put that lower. Were there any queer characters in it? Um, not that we know of. Nothing was said. No. What's the lowest of the lowest film on our list so far? Interstellar. Tell me the next couple up. Killers of the Flower Moon, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny. See, I'd, keep, I'd put it amongst those bottom three. I think it's... All right, yeah. I, think I don't think this film has inherently got any queer appeal no. whatsoever. <laughs> um, not saying that you can't watch it, obviously, but when we're talking on this kind of talking point, I just don't think it's... There's nothing no. about it that's remotely No, it's queer. Not, not there for that. So Okay, fair enough. There's nothing really to comment <laughs> on. There's no... I can't even try and grasp at straws and be like, oh, well, this bit was queer-coded. It, it just nothing was. So, but that's yeah. fine. It's just for this yeah. part of the topic of our podcast. I have found it really exhausting talking about it, actually. Well, we've it's got the next episode we're doing, which up. is a time capsule episode, will be a bit more fun. Be much better. Great. And that's all for this time. If you have enjoyed this episode of Gears on Film, please subscribe, rate, and comment on your podcasting platform of choice. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. We are at Gaze on Film Pod, and check out our Letterboxd accounts. Links of which are in the. I thought I'd really done it without. Links of which are in the show notes. We'd love to hear your thoughts, so please do feel free to drop us a message. Although, if you did like this film, I'm not sure Ned would cope with those messages. Um, but anyway, I have been Declan, and I have been Ned, <laughs> and this has been Gaze on Film. Thanks for listening. Bye. I was in another world then. You didn't even say bye. Bye. <laughs>